Last day of a conference, can you tell? Yep, my voice is on the way out. But last night was one of the best. I got to catch up with some old friends. We'd had a couple of drinks. Very sensible, actually. I literally just had one large and very tasty and quite strong bottle of beer. And uh, there was a bottle of wine open. And my friends and I chatted about many things. Yes, we may have been tipsy. Yes, this is totally unedited. And yes, if you get to the end, you get my full respect and adoration. Enjoy. Documentally. That's the sound of air conditioning if this mic picks it up in an Airbnb on the 14th floor of a high-rise. 15th floor? Thanks, I have no idea where I'm living. That's Christine and Linda is over here. Counting stories. <laughs> this is, um, um, I don't know what to call this, like old school internet. I mean, do you class yourself as old school internet? Uh, no. Sorry, old school web. Old school web, yes, maybe. But early adopter, always. So, Christine, how long have we all known each other? Miss photographic memory. If I saw a chart, I could tell you. Um, I think you two have known each other longer than I've known you. But it's been at least 11, 12 years. Oh, yeah, 2004, five for me, probably for 2005, I think, was the London Conference or 2006. And it's now 2018. How, and it's really weird because that was, that was earlier than I thought. It was like one of the first podcasting conferences and I'm at a podcasting conference now in Philadelphia, first time in Philadelphia, and I had no idea that the, when I tweeted, oh, I'm in Philadelphia, it was like, whoa what are you doing in town i was like oh my god you guys live in this part of the world it was lovely <laughs> and that was you yes that was me because every nobody knows i'm in philadelphia mm. because i'm when i see other people i'm never in philadelphia <laughs> and that's that's the funniest part about it is that oh my god i had to leave the house to go see people you see if, if the point is that if you're traveling and you're going to a place to see a group of people at a conference that's one thing but when the conference that you don't even know is happening comes to you that just throws everything in the air you know oh not gonna do this today I'm gonna go see Christian <laughs> you know oh, and I really appreciate it and I think the last time we were in the same space was it New York. the 140 conference in 2007 2000 well 2008, 2008 I've got the t-shirt with me I've still got that t-shirt it's in my wash bag because it's a bit sweaty from New York. Oh, then I can't really see it, but... I'll, I, I'll show you it. Okay, thank you. Maybe I, if it's, From a distance. Okay, maybe we can Photoshop it on me. That would be good. I'm old school internet, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, internet was 1970. I understand that, but... Because um, you're old school. We had a computer in my house in 1979. Wow. When I was very small, and we had a... Um, 
because my brother was a programmer, you know, he was like a little hacker guy, and he had a phone that actually sat on the modem, you know, like old school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up over his shoulder watching him program in basic. And um, when he was 15, he sold back a version of an Atari game back to Atari. Yeah, so I grew up with technology in my house. And um, when I could get my own ISP and my own um, accounts at the university that I went to, I got on IRC when it first started. And I was uh, on IRC when the Berlin Wall came down. I can't even talk about it without welling up because I was talking to German students who were there and they're like, you can't imagine, like, it's amazing. And I was just there with them and it, it was, it was incredible. So I'm an early internet, not as early as some people that I've worked with and known and loved in my life. But um, yeah, so I remember when the web started and I thought, here we go. <laughs> and Linda, where did we go then and now? Well, we're getting more walls. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all, it's all cyclical. Um, well, where we are is, I, I don't know where we is because I don't know who we are. But I, when I look at these conferences now and I, well, for one thing, I didn't really know it was a conference. So, you know, I sort of looked it up and didn't recognize anybody and, and with the third word I saw was monetized, and I thought, oh golly, things haven't changed much. But the thing is that what I want to see people do is do podcasting for the joy of audio and for the joy of listening to things. And if people don't understand that you can put in, you can put up the voice of someone in your car and they are sort of sitting in the back seat with you. There is an immediacy there that you can also do other things with. I don't understand the video part of it. I don't, I, I bemoan the fact that people spend time watching videos when they should be doing other things like actually talking to people in real life, such as we are now. So I would urge anybody, if this ever gets posted, to just go talk to somebody in real life, please. That's really interesting because let us dial it back a little bit to the seismic days mm -hmm. and that was the point when I stopped differentiating because that was real to me mm -hmm. when you lifted a glass and probably at the wrong time of the day or, <laughs> or somebody did no, I was an on oh sorry you no. oh, where were you so so we knew Linda from podcast world but she actually never got on seismic so a lot of us knew her part of the circle part of the circle but she never dived into because i was i was spending most of my time talking to the british podcasters and helping them put this magazine together because i had i had editorial skills and they what magazine podcast user magazine i still call myself mom de pom but um the <laughs> so weird that I should wrap you up in all of this just because that was such a big part of the scene and I just assumed you were there and for me the 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 we used to say eight o'clock 
which was handy for the UK, PM, this is this is party time. Mm-hmm. And we were looking on and that's where we learned look into the lens because you're looking into the eye of the person on the other side. That felt so real for me. I remember seeing you for the first time, Christine, and walking up and going, Hey, how's it going? Not like Oh my God, we've never been in the same continent before because we'd had so many face-to-face interactions. Now, that type of video, the asynchronous conversation is very different to the the emulation of TV where people are effectively switching off mm-hmm. and absorbing the content. Yeah. So I totally get, there is, I, but right. I do think that I said to my grandmother, um, Sorry, I used to use my grandmother as an example where she'd phone me on the phone. She wasn't in an alternate reality. She was she was very real. She was right here, but there was a phone between me and her. With Seismic, it was just a screen between me and the person, but it dissolved when you heard people like Craig Manganello. I can't pronounce his name. That's good enough. That's good enough for me. And he'd be like oxygen in his nose in his basement and he would he'd say hey man i just heard you pop a bottle of beer and i just made a song out of it and then he'd like sampled it and he made it and i didn't know he was dying the whole time he was on this until his last post where he's in his hospital bed saying hey guys wish me luck i still get tweets from him because of things like and 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 the um and the guy from oh i uh Adam from Adam I wear his just lost last year it's longer than that it is it's way longer than that but I wear his coffee t-shirt oh my god is it longer than that caffeinated and he was a part of what's that automated newspaper twitter feed was it he, yeah his um paper.ly his paper.li we get every day do you still get it i still, I still get it and i see adam and i'm like hey i must oh no he's dead yokomo wasn't Yoakum. it yeah caffeine and he would like and he would he would um do seismic from his coffee shop which is out in the middle of nowhere usa and it was we were all there with him and then he suddenly died for no reason right young guy and yeah we still Oh, that hurts my heart every time I see it, but I don't want it to go away. No, and I don't. And and it's really weird how that kind of bot, you know, in the not too distant future, it would, po- it could possibly scrape his past postings and create an AI version of him, whether we want that or not. Black I don't know. Black Very Black Mirror. Um, I met him only the once, and it was in Vegas, and he was the most, the kindest, most generous person he didn't know he was going to die craig manganello he was really ill convinced he was going to come through it so so many years have passed people have died people have moved on some people just totally left the internet but there is for me we are entering the these dark patterns now where i feel that the internet that i felt like i owned a part of and i was embedded in is now trying to change me is now trying to adjust my mentality you know when you post something to instagram yeah did you know that instagram where if your photo is successfully popular or whatever you want to call it will hold back the likes it will trickle feed them to you because the more times you open the app the more adverts it can feed you that is manipulation of the highest order. That's basically, we did a test. 
messagey friends. I'm about to post something. Tell me if you see it. Yep, liked it. Okay, 20 people liked it. Well, I've only got two likes because Instagram's going, I'll give you one in a minute. I'll, I'll buzz that phone in your pocket. There you go. There's your endorphin hit. Endorphin. That rat that hit that pleasure button until it died rather than the food button. We are that now. Would you agree? Well, that's why I don't do any of that stuff anymore. We started We started our drive-in with talking about Facebook. and um, pulled, You pulled out of Facebook? Uh, pretty much. And mostly what I'm doing is evangelizing about two-factor authentication with my relatives. And, you, and here's what happens with Facebook, but in my family, yeah. is... Once it's posted on Facebook, nobody bothers to talk to anybody else about anything about it. They assume we already know. So while my mother was lying and dying, I was saying things like, please don't tell me it's on Facebook. Please call her and tell her what's going on. You know, that's what I mean. We have to keep talking to each other. And I'm so glad I came here tonight because I could have sat home and said, oh, it's going to be a thunderstorm. And I don't want to go anywhere by myself. And the, the alarms may go off and the dog may go crazy and the lights may go off and whatever will tough because um, Pika will tell me whether my house is out of juice uh, but anyway um, you have to see the people you have to interact with the people I I can't capture your children and take them away from you if I if I don't see you you know I mean just to make the metaphor even worse there is so much impersonization going on that that's what I think is the real problem in society right now. I, what I loved about what I loved about the people who helped my mother through her through her process was they were from all different cultures and all different places, and we talked, and we were having the event happen, and we were reacting to the event, but yet we still had our autonomy and our sharing as humans. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens, and it, that's what we're losing with all of this. Although I, I haven't been on Skype for a while, <laughs> and I miss, my, I miss my British friends. So thank you. Because I, I, watched, I watched Ewan's kids grow up on Skype. He used to pull them in and say, here, Dr. Linda. So. The, it's interesting what you're saying about this impersonalization that's going on, because I heard an interesting... Um, comment or read an interesting comment basically saying that if you want to give your kids a head start today if you really want to give them the secret source on how to survive for the future you take them away from social media for just six months because they will have this huge psychological advantage over everybody in their school because what's happening with this messaging through texting most of the time whether it be uh, uh, photo based texting with the because those photos aren't real reflections of what is actually happening those photos are very preened perfected moments uh, curated from a split second which doesn't necessarily reflect your emotions or your life or your feeling or anything you take a child away from all of that so that they can look you in the eye and gauge your emotions build this kind of empathic photo gallery of understanding 
They can walk into any room, shake a hand like a hand should maybe be shook, listen, actively listen. Not just gaze down every second because of an alert going off because they realize that that isn't the master of them and they will own their future. And that for me was like, right, I better buy a sailboat and just do islands for a couple of years and bring back two little superheroes or something. Well, who, do, who are you now that you've had so much internet and web for the last decade and a half to two decades? I hope I'm a balanced individual because my informative years, and that's what they're saying, they're talking about kids when we, I mean, I learned to talk, I learned about eye contact, I learned about intonation, I learned about all of the the nuances of communication way before I ever picked up um, my Spectrum 48K, or my my CB radio was, was, was my first proper social network, yeah. and yet that was staying up really late at night like everybody's doing now using a piece of technology to communicate with the world nearly got in trouble for stealing a scaffold pole from school because i wanted to reach international conversations um, hacking the equipment so that i could get further and yet you had to hang on someone's word these were phone calls really like asynchronous yeah, phone calls in 1976 yeah it was pretty fun actually yeah, I had it way after that. You are an early adopter of CB as well. Well, that was my mother, actually. Oh, yeah, so because um, I was quite small. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I'm, I, I, you don't look that old. I'm older than I look. But um, no, I do remember it. And um, the communications were much like ham radio. Um, it was okay to speak to strangers. Yeah. When you, when you, you know, I've met a few of those people who's still on the CB now, and I'm like, there's no way I'd let them talk to children. Some of them. We had people visit our house. We, yeah, we would we would host people um, that were going through, mostly truckers. For eyeballs, we used to call them eyeballs. What's if name? you arrange an eyeball when you're face to face with somebody from the CB. Oh, I don't remember all the terms, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they would come and and sleep on the floor or like on the couch, and because they're they're taking a truck through America, you know? Yeah, so, because we were stationary, right? And they were moving. So um, I even remember, I'm not going to say it, but I even remember my mother's handle. Yeah, so, like, she was really into having the CV, and those were her people, and I saw at a very early age that you use technology to find your people because sometimes when you're in a situation, you're not necessarily surrounded by the people that share your values or your goals or your dreams. It was an interesting democratize, democratization of the voice, like suddenly anybody could be a radio presenter. Um, radio, big part of your life? Yeah. <laughs> yes, one word answers, I'm working on that. Um, uh, my brother had a four-letter call when he was 11, 12. For ham, ham. I actually had a license at one point. Da 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 da. da. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, the funny thing is that, you know, there's 11 years difference between my brother and me, but um, he was um, he was doing a lot of code. And he'd sit and. What year was it? Uh, probably the late 60s, okay. I guess. Yeah. 
No, 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 no. Code. Da, 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 da. Morse. Oh, Morse. Morse. Yes. I have. I have. I. I have a. I have a T-shirt that is a series of dots and dashes, and and uh, uh, a neighbor said, "Oh, hey, that's Morse code. I used to know Morse code. What's it say?" And I said, "Morse code." <laughs> but anyway, uh, I digress. My my little brother was. Um, was on the key for a long time and at one point I came home from college and I walked into the basement which was where all the equipment was and I was like who is that talking and it was my brother <laughs> talking to people all over the place yeah all he's the and he's still active and he's in Nashville now and he's it sometimes you know it's like I can't what's I, his call sign K3IE yeah, radio's coming back. and um, but but the but the point, a couple things. There was a, a guy who had a, who had a call sign who used to park near where I worked, and he would come out. And I, I would, like, text Hunter and say, you know this guy? But, um, no, he, was, he, he, does a, he does stuff, and, and every time he moves, he builds his own antennas and, and um, talks to the neighbors and takes some cookies and <laughs> things like that, or filters going to repeat myself by because if you read the newsletter um yeah a thousand hobbies in one the amount of things an amateur ed i mean i'm i'm a little bit sad that you don't have to learn morse code now to get a foundation license i'd only got as far as dot dash dash dot 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 dash dot dash dot dash dot 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 i'd memorized a b c d e but there's no way i could jumble those up and then tap them out and i'm desperately trying to get a hold of a t-shirt is it called the Fisters or the Fists? I can't that remember. That's the that's the nickname for the for the Morse dudes. I <laughs> know, oh, and I was just I obviously wanted it for that dark reason because people would go, "What is that all about?" And I'd go, mm, dot dash, dot dash, dot dot dot, and explain it maybe in Morse. It's, it's beautiful all that low energy stuff because it goes so far, and um, you know, and <laughs> and he thinks I still remember all this because I I can't even remember my call. But I think it's sort you of. You still have a license, won't you? I'm not sure because I'm really inactive because I was doing it in 75, 74. I think all you have to do is tell them your new address to reactivate it. I know in the UK that's the case. Well, it tell never them expires. And then get the equipment, for heaven's sakes. Hey, I will g if you are going to get back on the radio, I will give you a, a ham radio because you can pick them up now. The Chinese make these amazing Baofengs. We'll They're like 20 bucks. We'll talk. Anyway, uh, but that's. But, but the point is that the connections with people and they I mean most of the people he talked to I don't think they knew he was 12 you know but it's um it's, it's a one and it's been a wonderful thing for him and you should hear him talk about social media now because he's got a teenager and he's really upset about how it excludes it you know it, it just it's awful awful in terms of you know, teenagers are volatile anyway, and to give them something like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram to show people what you're doing and you're not, uh, what I'm doing and you're not, is really, it's tremendously awful. See how she brought that back? I did. <laughs> that's, that's a professional in action, straight back to social media. I kind of agree. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you still um, tech utopian around social? Um, yeah. You remember. Yeah, I, I am tech utopian around social. I think that it's awful right now in the way that it is beginning. 
but all beginnings are awful. Um, not all beginnings end well. I don't think Brexit will end well. <laughs> but, um, you know, some beginnings, especially in technology, are really ugly. And until we learn the social rules around them, it's going to be a little painful. I think it's deeper than that in a way because we we can choose the tools we use. And we've got to remember that many of these tools are made by people who do not have our best interests at heart. We are a part of the machine. We are a commodity to be traded amongst darker, distant parties that probably have nothing to do with the tools we're using. That's why I've selected my main social channel for communication now is my newsletter. It's email, it's decentralized. There is a MailChimp scraping data. I loathe the fact, I don't want any stats, get rid of the stats. If I could get away with it, I would potentially just just send a big massive email but it won't get through especially with gmail being what gmail is most people on it i met patreon over the last two days it's the closest i've come to seeing an organization that genuinely seems to actually give a damn patreon, patreon yeah and i'm thinking i might pivot to patreon i don't know how it, i'm going to ask everybody what they feel about that everything will probably still be free but it'll still be locked i don't necessarily want it to be public because they seem to know what they're doing but for me I use wire which you're playing with wire being the least data scrapey there's nothing nefarious about that at all really they are going to go for their encrypted slack paid for section to keep the message free because there's no such thing as a free social network but the the messaging app will be free uh, and it's open source and I've got loads of channels and loads of groups and so many people I talk to on there. And we knew, we know that when I, I say, yes, I like that comment you just said, it's just a direct like from me to you. The company doesn't even know it's happening. They're not selling the data anywhere. And that's an anomaly. That's a total anomaly. anomaly. When two friends can get in a car, one of them's just bought a pair of shoes. So immediately that pair of shoes pops up on the other person's phone because the proximity of their devices is sold from one company to another to say, oh, you must be friends. You're going to be interested in the same person. Let me sell this stuff to you. It's just too weird now. Do you remember? Oh, go ahead. I'm tech utopian. I'm not capitalist utopian. There's a difference between those two things. Okay. So like my mother, who was... Um, in a bad marriage and had three kids and was alone in an apartment. She felt that the CB connected her to her country folk. Um, I'm happy that she had that technology. I. But that's a good tool. I'm not saying, I mean, tool. I love the technology, love the technology. Don't like the dark people behind, the, the dark corporations behind some of these. When the people rise up and they realize that they are being tracked so as to sell them, to separate them from their money, then... And they throw their sneakers at everyone. Yes. They, they do sneaker-sage. Yeah. <laughs> what would it be? Then, then we'll see a difference. It's like public libraries. Like, they exist. Think about how just subversive public libraries are and they are real and they're here for 
ever. I well, yes. Let's hope. Let's make sure that they're here forever because information like that should be easily accessible. Think about what we talk about: easily accessible information in the internet. We are going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. And I'm not worried about my kids and social media. I have two children. I did not monitor their usage of social media. Instead, instead, I talk to them constantly about human relationships. Granted, I have a background in psychology, so I'm more equipped than the average parent to talk about human relationships. But I talked about human relationships. I didn't talk about the technology. And I said, how does that statement come out to another person when they can't see your face? How, how, don't ask me for an ice cream when I'm looking like this. <laughs> you know, like, like learn the difference between tone and intent and, you know, grammatical errors. Like just there are so many different things and they need these skills to go on. I would never take my kids out of their environments for six months. Like, no, I would never do that because they need these skills. They need to learn them early. This is a language. But they're being trained by these devices as well. No, and they're being trained by me. Oh, I think... I think part of the training is also to make them very much aware of what's around them. And I think because I got into this as, an, as a, an, a more mature person, um, I saw immediately, immediately on Gmail when, we, when the first podcasting stuff started and I was, people were sending letters back and forth and sort of complaining about certain personalities in the field. And I, I was getting these emails about certain podcasting people. And I noticed along the strip on the side, remember the strip on the side, I was getting all this stuff about, you know, buying Indian food. Yep. And, well, you're going to have to work it out because no, you're both looking black, uh, blank, blankly at me. But there were lots, lots of things about, there were lots of, of you know, spices and curries and stuff like that whatever and it was all coming in my gmail account and i thought it was really funny because i one of the people who started a monetization of podcasting uh had a name that was very much like a popular way a popular spice in indian food and it and i couldn't figure out why people were interested and why i would be interested in this i mean i like rice but you know but it was but that was back in the early, in the mid 2000s or two in the aughts. But that's what was happening. And I see it even now with the, the, well, people tend to believe everything that they see on the internet, whether they say they do or not, because I, I swear something goes in and the brain clicks. But you have to be constantly aware of this and constantly sort of on guard for what you're saying or what you're doing or, or what you're actually seeing and how to transcribe that best in your own mind as to what it's actually trying to do. But if you take the technology away, how are they gonna learn these skills? They're gonna be... You don't take... You don't take it's, the you're not, No, I mean, and even if you did take the technology away, 
the technology is meant to serve us in the way that would make communication easier. Communication is not changing. All I'm doing is delivering sentiment and feeling and emotion and context and information from one place to another. Whether I'm doing it through a text message, whether I'm doing it through this microphone, whether I'm doing it into the lens. Now, the c computer is meant to help me do that. At the moment, the channels, Facebook, they're probably not using that because they're probably using Snapchat and, and Insta. Apparently, you can't say Instagram, you have to say Insta. And, and those places are not conduits without activities happening within those conduits. There's an insidiousness to them. What a and good word. I like insidiousness. And, and, that's, and that's what you have to be aware of constantly. And just as much as when you and I talk in real life, there might be some insidiousness of some sort because I don't know why. But you can read a person. And it's, get, it's harder and harder to read a person online. It is harder and harder to read a person for online. Us, and yet when we're living for in... Us, yeah, the kids know quite... They're very skilled. They're very skilled at knowing what photo was doctored, what photo was posed. They are very skilled at knowing who's actually sad when they're showing on Facebook or Instagram a really happy face. They are so good at this. It's amazing. Have you not seen the, the research around how kids' YouTube is creating unseen neurosis in children? This doesn't, hasn't happened in this way before. There's always been neurosis in children. Um, and every time a new technology comes to bear, like comes to fruition, uh, there are these same protests. So when the Gutenberg press came out and reading could be something that more people could do instead of just monks in you know, monasteries making the Bible over and over by hand, um, they said it was going to be the end of civilization. So I'm not quite sure how this particular technologies, like this social technologies, are going to ruin society. Because society has a way of always making an equilibrium, right? They always have a way of adopting and moving on, like adapting, moving on. What's going to happen? I don't know. But I know that people from our generations and above are very in a panic, like the people who, when they, the people of our age and above, when the Gutenberg press came out, were in a panic. Everybody's going to be reading. Do you know that they used to complain about kids reading books all the time and not going outside? Can you imagine a parent today saying, oh, my kid's reading too many books? But that's, that's something they really worried about back then in the in the 1700s 1800s even in the early 1900s they're they're reading too much they're not spending enough time with other people they're not spending enough time doing something else this is when like something changes quickly surely i i mean i i had a talk that i did called social media freak show for ages where you couldn't have because I, everybody in the room was like oh what is this weird new thing and I was as tech utopian as you could possibly be talking about, I mean, and I still do. The reason why I'm on Twitter is the whole sowing the seeds of serendipity, I used to say. Most of my work still comes through this place. I, 
I still spend a lot of time on Twitter, and yet, uh, many because it's the best of a bad bunch, in my opinion. I don't, I'm not saying that this technology is going to be the downfall of society. I'm saying that it's, well, I'm not saying it. Cynthia McKinney said it before I did. It's not enough just to make money anymore. You have to do good at the same time. And very few of these platforms are doing good. And I really hope people vote with their, you know, let's, let's pick the 10 amazing social platforms that we focus on and not the ones that have decided not to have the phrase, you know, Google doesn't say don't be evil anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They've said nobody believes, nobody believes this anyway, you might as well just not use it. No, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Facebook's policy lately that has hit the news about how they don't um, see hate speech, basically. And I don't, I've never, you know this, I never have liked Twitter's policies. Um, they've been horrible. Oh, just absolutely hateful. Um, I agree. And I don't know where I am with that. Like, I really feel like I should be not on Facebook and not on Twitter. And I do tell my kids, don't bother. Like, stick with where your friends are and communicate with your friends. And don't bother until you need it, until you need Facebook. So my daughter wasn't on Facebook until she needed to find a college roommate. You know, and that's kind of what I see in her generation. They kind of get on there when they're like looking for a college roommate or looking for a roommate to, to get an apartment with, you know, that kind of thing. Those groups are helpful. Um, but Twitter is like a secondary thing. They like Instagram and they like their own communities on Instagram. It's weird when like, say, a parent follows you on Instagram or, you know, they, they really like their own communities on Instagram. Um, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I do. And I don't like the capitalization. I hate the word monetization. Any, any conference that has that, I totally understand. The funding has to come from somewhere. I get it. But when I see podcast movement, 18 coming out, I know exactly what they're doing. And I just, I have no more patience for it. So I'm not... 100% utopian. I'm not, you know, I understand like what's going on. Like I understand that um, the big companies are trying so hard to find data that will separate us from our money. I get that. And I'm a statistics person. I do demographic stuff for a living. Like I write content. I know my audiences. I have, I'm using my psychology background for evil as according to any of the psychology people that I were was trained with you know I get that um but I think that we're just in the beginning stages that's all we're just in the beginning stages we're just figuring this out that's that's interesting because we started talking about 1970s technology but and it yeah. Takes years. yeah no no and like generations it takes like 20 30 40 50 years to figure these things out this is an industrial revolution you realize that we're in a like I know that people just, technological well people disagree with me but we're if you look at the history of in the industrial revolution there have been huge movements the Luddite movement was about not using machines for weaving and and looming and and using people instead like that's what a Luddite was it was in England actually so like they wanted to make sure that people had 
meaningful, useful work. And yeah, if you read Schumacher, he, he goes through all of this in Small is Beautiful and how much better it would have been if we'd had these decentralized smaller small holdings on mass rather than farms in the Ukraine, these industrial farms the size of whales, one farm, which is just decimating nature because there are no hedgerows. So there are many paths we can take and Tim Berners-Lee would agree with me. I had a beer with him once, name drop. And he was, was that a good name drop? Sorry. Excellent. <laughs> and he would say, if only we'd gone down this other path. I don't know why I'm giving you like, well, no Tim. Yeah, Jim, yeah. <laughs> what other path? What do you mean? The other path, the, 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 the web was meant to be. The smaller, the, yeah. the smaller path, the, the, the using the web to get people connected in a more, like how we met, like how we space. met before. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, breathe, breathing the same air and using to connect in, in that way. There was the diasporas of this world yes. and the platforms that try to kind of recoup that. Um, it, we, we met in some places that were still finding their feet before they got kind of too down that path, I think. And that's where the magic lay. 2007, 2008, oh, perfect, yeah, the golden right. time where everything seemed to work because the people that had found that place got it this was distance abolishing travel with the with the click of a button this was witchcraft of the most glorious flavor this was this was this was magic and we plugged into it we could be in each other's houses we could be in each other's minds we could be there for each other and then we just turned it all off because our phones weren't going remember me remember me remember me so there was a balance and what we're missing is balance i think i've got i'll show you my dumb phone in a minute i ha I, i'm so non what is it i don't have the discipline i'm so undisciplined around this device i've dialed it down as much as i can that the only way i can pull back from it is to take a phone out that does nothing people can contact me if they need to and that's like that's like me saying it's not that there's too much too many places to talk it's not that there's too much information it's that i'm not very good at filtering it we're forgetting the instance or the influence of the military so do you you realize the internet like actually got their funding from the military just like intelligence tests were funded by the military because they wanted to know how to separate the people who could be officers from the people who were never going to be leaders, right? That's how the intelligence, the IQ test that we all know and love, the Stanford Binet, was funded by the military. So, and the internet that a lot of universities in California, they started it just like, oh, let's connect our computers. It seems fun. We can do it over the phone lines. The military. Yeah, they ARPANET. They the military found it, and they funded more and more research and found it. So don't forget that. Yeah, we have. Oh, I, I don't like the you know the, the our military industrial complex. Don't get me wrong. And yet one of my favorite tools is a military invention. I Tor was mm. designed because the internet was so invasive. They had to create this the the onion router so that their agents could talk to each other anonymized and and. And the only way that it would work is if 
everybody had access to this and there were more nodes. And I love that kind of happy accident, whether or not Tor is anonymous. Still, we don't know. Uh, I'm not totally convinced uh, because who's, who's running the nodes? Uh, but I'll still use it. Yeah, no, I still use it, definitely. My kids call it the dark web. Why do you have the dark web on your computer, Mom? I'm like, Tor? Really? So, <laughs> yeah, they don't... They don't. Hey, I, that's, that sounds like they think you're cool. <laughs> I don't know. But um, we don't have communications that are going to be secure. We're never going to have secure communications. And I talk about, and I say this as a utopian technologist, right? Well, that's changed uh, ever so slightly. What would Jeremy Bentham say? We're never, listen. I don't know if I believe that a face-to-face -face conversation can be 100% like secure. What I, if there's a phone in the room? Well, let's just hope, let's just say, there's no bugs, there's no phones, there's no surveillance in the room. That's a, a conversation. But you still have human brains to talk about, right? So like you're gonna hear this conversation differently than I hear this conversation. You're, Linda's gonna interpret it a lot differently than I might interpret it. You know, there's all sorts of things going into this, you know. Well, let, well, well wait a minute. But you can talk about that too, and also say let's let's layer society over it. There's gossip. There's hearsay. There's oh, it's a great story. Thank you for that. There's name dropping. There's there's all that sort of thing. And to get, but when you start talking about, he's going down the road of the military. I'm thinking hive mind. I'm thinking society. I'm thinking so, and we had, not not to bring. An, another piece out of this, but but the homogenization. When there's homogenization, then we don't have these issues. I don't think. You were making the point that the military was was doing all of doing all of this, which is true. But the point, it, I I guess what I'm trying to say is not very coherent right now <laughs> obviously but is he the only one not drinking uh, exactly but uh, but I'm, I'm just sort of sleeping um but but let's let's think about was that a negative thing or a positive thing i the when you when you talk about these large groups of people creating things it's just creating another large group of people which is the quote social media group people not the group as named, but the, this whole thing. The, I, I see it as a regression towards the homogenous, a regression towards the, the banal. What, what is security? What is privatization if everybody is not private? So what? You know, we've you eroded our privacy, so it doesn't matter what the corporations do. They're just milking from, from the, the fodder that we put. Sorry, fodder right. is the wrong term, but it is a milking term. Yes. Uh, so we're just, they're just milking the stuff we put out there. Yeah, exactly. And It's our own fault. Yeah, exactly. I threw that in there to be devil's advocate, but I mean, but no, I, but I, I, I probably I believe I, it. I think I actually sort of half believe that. You know, if you're if you're going to like throw it all out there, well, there it is, folks. 
you know. Now, and I would argue that there's, and I've said this, and I remember saying it for many people, like the amount of times I remember being in Leicester at a university and someone said, you check in and you tell people where you are. Are you insane? This was an academic. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, what about your privacy? I'm like, well, I'm trading a little bit of my privacy in exchange for the value that's returned from that. When I check really? in, yeah, when I check in, I'm letting people who are normally very distant, it happened right here in Philadelphia, and I'm saying, I'm physically in your space, let's connect. And this guy goes, well, I don't think that's safe. I bet you I can find out where you live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, go on then. Unbeknown, he had a whole team of researchers at his disposal. <laughs> I panicked, I went home, I checked into as many friends' houses as possible, saying, just having lunch, just having dinner. Oh, the garden's looking lovely today. <laughs> to try and spam so he couldn't find out where I live because that's the one place I didn't want to check into. Yeah. Two weeks later, as arranged, I meet him. He's got a physically printed map, which I really like, out on the table. Okay, so we've narrowed your house down to one of these places. And unbeknown to him, it was almost... A perfect circle all the way round. I've gone almost equidistance away from my house. So if he'd just drawn lines, he probably would have found out where I live. That scared me. That's doxing. We have a word for that now. And that will be illegal. Well, the bots will do it automatically. Yeah. The, my my satnav knows where I live. I understand that, but there's been a bunch of information about you for a long time that the government has had. Yeah, I'd love to have access to that. But the laws haven't caught up. You understand? Like, we didn't have stalking GDPR laws. is catching up. GDPR is catching up. We didn't have stalking laws. In fact, a lot of states in the union do not have stalking laws. And that is something that is on the forefront of women's issues, right? When I was on IRC in 1989, I was sitting at a terminal at a computer lab at my university, and I got a tap on the shoulder. And I turn around, and it was a young man from a university a whole state away who came to find me because he tracked my IP address. Yeah. So he just waited at my university at a terminal and waited until I logged in to IRC, found my terminal, and came over and tapped me on the shoulder. Is that love or is that something a bit creepier? Well, I didn't really know this man, this young man. He came, probably, he drove in the car, I would guess, about two or three hours to come find me. Um, And I was laid bare. Like, it turned out that he was just kind of a geeky guy without a lot of social more, you know what I mean? Not a lot of social skill. But... um, after that, I left IRC because I was really frightened. But what happened to me was illegal. It should be illegal for, for him to do that. And it should be protected that I logged. There were terminals. Back then, it was like, it was a VAT system. And then it moved to Unix. And everybody was excited. Oh, Unix. You know, but he could trace me by where I logged in if he was on site, right? So he knew my university and it was only two or three hours away from his. So he came and he had roses and was expecting a date. And yeah, so um, I've been doxxed 
Um, that's not the only time. That's what I'll explain now because it was early internet. Sounds so romantic in in <laughs> one way, I, and yet super stalky in another. I can see both sides of that. You can see both sides I of it. Put my geeky self in that person. Right, and plus I was um, at the time a girl on the internet, which was very rare, right? And um, you know, it was it, the other people at the, my same university said, "Yes, she's actually you know a woman. We've met her, you know," and it was rare at the time I guess not really actually but I guess on IRC it, it might have been but um yeah so doxing all these things like these are the things that I'm talking about legislation takes a long time like what happened to you was illegal it should be illegal and thankfully and I'll wrap up with dropping this t-bomb luckily Trump's gonna sort it all out <laughs> yep that's gonna be special Went so please, well. please register so to vote, please. Oh, yeah, there's no excuse for not voting. No excuse. And that we shall sing from the rooftops. We will put it on the, the bat lights. We, will, um, we, will, we should start flyering. We should do some old school physical. I'm, yeah. I'm gearing up to talk with my neighbors, many of whom I truly have understand through the gossip channels. I uh, think differently from me and I'm just uh, everybody everybody I see when I'm walking the dog friends whatever and I say and by the way are you registered to vote it's not that hard to do it's and maybe I'll branch out into stores to ask people like checkers and whatever but we've all got a responsibility to get people to start thinking about that we have to start thinking about communication laws very very important trade laws are the same it's all the same so privacy is gone how you know it but that doesn't mean that we can't have a new version of privacy that is even stronger and impenetrable well it's it's so wonderful to be in the same physical space as you guys if you need me i'll be in the woods under the solar panels with my ham radio and we can maybe communicate that way. That's very open, but I know it's open and I know anybody can hear it. But if you visit, I guarantee all electronics will be in a Faraday cage. We'll get a fire going. We'll crack open a few bottles and it'll just be us and the spy satellites. Uh, quick I was hoping we get a pass tonight because I've, I've been watching the ISS, but it's a little gray. Give me um, a sign-off name where people can connect the voice with an, an online space. I guess the best and only one so far is L.E. Mills at Twitter. At Purple Car or Christine Cavalier, just Google me or purplecar.net. And at Documentally on Twitter. If What's the date today? The 25th. Of July 2018. 25th of July 2018. This is currently 53 minutes long. If you're listening to the 20 minute version, it means I've spent um, 18 months editing it. <laughs> so, welcome, future people. How's the internet where you are? Cheerio. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Documentally. <laughs>